0: The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to The Baptist
1: and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And we are on Season 2, Episode 5 of the Baptist and the Buddhist. <laughs> Who knew? And so we've been going through tons of cool subjects lately, um, and I, I just think it's fun. But um, we want to hear from you guys. If you want to hear a certain topic, subject, maybe just a question, shout out to us, baptistandbuddhist at gmail.com. And we are on every electronic platform imaginable. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh Instagram. Instagram uh, Reddit. Uh, we're on MySpace. Reddit. Oh wait no. <laughs> we could be on MySpace if we wanted to. But no one Is goes Is that
0: on. still a thing? It's
1: more like an ad graveyard, but <laughs> 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 we're also on all uh Podcast platforms out there as well. Uh, Any pod... I mean, you can find a... Just get a good podcast aggregator and it'll pull us from somewhere. Anywhere. Everywhere, maybe. But leave us some uh, nice comments. Or maybe not nice comments. Leave us some reviews. Likes and shares and... Inbox. DM us. Criticisms. Criticisms. Just random fun fact about elephants or something we don't really know we don't really care either really if you have a piece of information you want to share with someone but don't know who to share it with share it with us yep exactly exactly (laughs) so brian the last couple of uh episodes we've done really interesting topics with movies and music and books and all what those. what medium platform are we going to this time? Just kidding <laughs> is there another I mean, we could What's always talk medium? about
0: mediums
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually in fact, we're gonna be talking about the paranormal and, s- and the uh <laughs> and the supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that the wind of your flashlight made it even better (laughs) and honestly brian i know you just posted on instagram today about our topic and i didn't even see that when i pulled that up on my phone that's twins that's unexplainable it's It's out of this world supernatural supernatural So, we're so ta- yes,
0: we're talking about a paranormal, <laughs> supernatural.
1: We're about to get even weirder. No, um, we'll probably probably that, but the supernatural, the paranormal, the even as far as the spiritual realm. But that might be more of a topic for like part two, like that. Yeah, because I have a lot, a lot of notes. And I had to parse it out for this episode because there's a lot. Um, yeah. Because from a Christian point of view, from a biblical uh, viewpoint, what is supernatural and paranormal? It It's sometimes in some Christian circles, a, a, a taboo or something. Uh, we don't talk about that or like, nah, it's all just dumb. Like there's no credence to it whatsoever. And It kind of gets you. Kind of miss certain parts of the Bible by dismissing those weird claims, if you will. Um, When you look at paranormal activity or supernatural stuff, uh, you know when it comes to the just a general person. You hear about ghosts and monsters and UFOs and you know uh, cryptological animals or creatures out there. Um, Psychic abilities. Psychic abilities. uh, Man, all that stuff. Uh, Magic. Uh, You know, to to a to maybe a a non-biblical person, or maybe just even a person that really. Just follows popular popular culture on this on the topic and everything. Um, go like ghosts are are the spirits of the dead. Um, aliens are creatures from other planets or galaxies or whatever. Uh, maybe there is something to psychic abilities and all that stuff, and from some biblical point of views they will all dismiss it and all discredit it and say no that's none of that's true none of that is real it's all just figments of your imagination And maybe some of it is definitely some of it could be especially if oh, you're yeah. really paranoid and you psych yourself out and believe so <laughs> um, watch too many too many scary shows yeah yeah you you stay up way too late watching way too much stuff, eating too much junk, or something like that. Uh, you go, Then you go to bed and have really weird dreams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sometimes terrifying dreams. And some,
0: some other Christian, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, some other Christian traditions would say it's all, like, demonic.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah. They will say, a lot of times they'll say, like, it's just a trick of the devil. He's just making you believe that these things are real and like maybe he's projecting some some fantastical hallucinations in the world or something. But from what I've studied in the Bible and the 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 things that I've learned from scripture and from teachers and from experiences um, it is. It does, almost. Well, from a biblical, a biblical standpoint, the supernatural is all angelic, from the angelic realm, from a spiritual point of view, from a spiritual realm. Um, I mean, supernatural. What does that mean? It's more than nature. It's it. It's it comes from outside of nature, almost in a way. Um, and beyond conventional reality. Beyond conventional reality, exactly. Um, I'll just refer to you for cool definitions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and a lot of I think a lot of um, like a lot of like mainstream Christian resources really don't. They're bar- They're barely scratching the surface when it comes to supernatural things, especially related to the angelic realm, the spiritual the angelic dimension as I like to call it and they they don't want to dig into it and talk about it and some of the non-mainstream things and even weirder like Christian like podcasts and and shows and readings get really weird about it like it would make most evangelical Christian uh, sources kind of scared or like uncomfortable like okay you're this is weird um (laughs) break out your tinfoil hats yeah exactly exactly um you want it to be real tin not a luma just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um so like where do i even start with this like i really want to start with talking about the angelic dimension, the angelic realm, but there's way too much to talk about that, so I'm gonna save that for next episode. Um, I'm gonna mainly focus on the paranormal or supernatural that the world would will would see as today, like you would see in movies, you would see in on documentaries, on on even the news sometimes. Um, like, what is happening? Like, how can we explain this stuff? Because everyone wants an explanation. Uh, everyone wants to understand why or how um but from a from a very uh from a very uh, uh introductory lesson on the angelic dimension or realm just what i need to talk about so i can define what these are yeah, yeah. what this means in the christian world um we all know we have we've all heard of angels and i've Pretty sure I've discussed it before on the show. Um, with with angels in the angelic realm, who are what are angels? They're beings created by God, with wings and halos and oh, that kind of stuff, right? Don't forget the harps. Oh, the harps! <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, you see them in the Bible from before the earth was created and formed. Before, well, I should say before the earth was. Before the Earth was formed in the Genesis account, Um, you see them in the Garden of Eden. You see them during the pre-flood era in the Bible, and that's before Noah's flood. Um, You see them after the flood, which the Bible says before, like at the time of the flood and after. There were there were uh, angels and their offspring, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, you see them in the time of Moses and Joshua going into the promised land. You see an angel through early Israel, um, throughout Israel's history, and even up until the Jesus and his birth and his ministry on the earth. That rhymed. Um, we see angelic activities and effects in the earth, on the earth. Um and sometimes the angelic activity spikes, and sometimes it does not. And there's a good reason why. Um, so, angels are these these beings directly created from God. In the and they dwell mostly unseen in this angelic realm, in this dimension. And I like to think of it as kind of the fourth dimension. And the Bible talks about. Four dimensions of heaven, the 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 depth and width and breadth and height, and and uh, so there's some kind of weird thing about the angelic realm that we can't see it in our natural state and it's hidden from us and God has to unhide it from us to be able to see which He's done several times in the in the in the history of the Bible. Um, he will lift the veil or the veil will be taken away and men can see hundreds of angels on the mountainside or the angels will appear to people um, in 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 ways of visions or just seeing them in real life Um, and when we look at angelic history we see there are basically good angels and bad angels some people like to call them demons. The King James Bible doesn't use the word demon; it's just devil, um, which means of evil, basically. Um, so most of the time, those the, the reason those angels are fallen is because they're fighting against God's will, and they're trying to they're trying to either pit their will against God or go along with one that has pitted their will against God's will, which was. Lucifer, uh, Satan. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, we see that they're described as gods with a lowercase g. A lot of people call them little g-gods. Um, <laughs> uh, because uh, the serpent in the garden told Adam and Eve that they'll be as gods. And they didn't say, what are those? They, know, they knew what they were talking about. Um, and we see in the early days before the flood, we see Uh, these angels mingling and having and procreating with human women Um, and these that created these hybrids or demigods or giants the the hebrew word for them for the giants would be nephilim so you see that a lot in these studies Um, but really i mean this can even go into legends of the past as well with with gods with these giants. The Bible ha- the Bible calls them uh, giants. They were they're mighty men, men of renown. Like they had fame to them and they were even worshipped in some points. Um, and not just before the flood, but also afterwards. Um, there's a whole backstory to why there were giants and why they specifically did this. Um, and I can, I'll sum it up in a sentence or two, but I can get into more detail but basically when god told the serpent that the seed of the woman would crush his head he prophesied basically that hey one of these humans are gonna beat you like one like the descendants of these two humans in the garden are gonna beat you and satan's like wow how in the world do i deal with this oh yeah i'll corrupt their generations their genes so we see the 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 fallen angels creating these hybrids to corrupt the seed of the seed of the woman, basically, and that's why when God looked upon Noah before the flood, it said that he was perfect in his generations. That meant he was uncorrupted. Um, he he wasn't just a good guy, but he was perfect in his generations and his genes. Um, so there's a reason that the giants were trying, the angels were trying to basically flood the earth with giants and uh we see that i think a uh, w- one point that a lot of people miss reading the bible is that when like joshua goes into the promised lands and he's there there israel's armies are wiping these civilizations out those are all giant civilizations those are all corrupted seed the there's like if you look at the their names um some of the names are like long necks um there's like the there's Og of Bashan Bashan he's he's like they're giants everywhere in those lands, and you even see like somehow they're messing with uh, with like the the genes of fruit because you see giant fruit like abundant fruit over in the promised land. so things history as conventional. Even just a conventional biblical view is probably not exactly what it actually was. It was probably a lot stranger than we imagine it was. Um, and even when like we see all this angelic activity even when Jesus was on the, especially when Jesus was on the earth because Satan's like, okay, this is this is the seed that I was trying to prevent. so what am I gonna do? Oh, we're gonna take these these spirits which are in Hebrew they're called the rephaim they're the spirits of the fallen they're going to indwell and possess these people of Israel to prevent Israel from obtaining their kingdom because Israel was going to become a nation of priests priests could not be tainted and that's why Jesus went around healing the whole nation and that's why he healed because they the priests couldn't be tainted or maimed. They had to be healed to perfection in a complete body. So that's why Jesus healed. So in general, like the angels, the fallen angels are always trying to corrupt man to counter God's program. And if you look in this age, we're not dealing with a physical kingdom. It was something that wasn't, that Satan didn't know about until it was revealed to Paul. It's like, Oh, he's working in the spiritual realm now. And, So instead of trying to corrupt the physical lineage of man, he's trying to corrupt the spiritual lineage of man. Um, But so that's a really basic uh, lesson for what I'm about to talk about a little more. Um, And I probably won't go too deep. um, But when when we're like, hey, we're going to talk about paranormal stuff and superstitious stuff or supernatural stuff and superstitious, I guess. Um, like, what are we going to look at? Like, what do you, what do we usually think when it comes to that stuff? Like we think of ghosts, we think of aliens. Like, how do you explain this f- from a Bible point of view? And, you know, people will ask that to Bible believers. Like, how do you explain this? Mm. Um, so I'll go into it a little bit. Did you want to like <clears throat> ask any questions or touch on anything that I just went over? I think I know the that was only
0: question I was going to ask is how does this tie to
1: ghosts and aliens? <laughs> coming right up um so we see the angelic realm especially the fallen angelic realm has a lot to do with paranormal and supernatural activity um and i think the nature of angels is what people get tied up on because they think of them as like some kind of ethereal being but they're very real babies with wings babies with wings and like that's just a representation of their goodness and they're just out there. We can't really understand or know them, but the Bible says things that are seen are like a shadow of things that are unseen. So we can understand how the heavenlies work by looking at the earthly. Um, so angels can have a very real effect. And you saw everything I just talked about with the, the, with the giants, with the... With angels being on the earth um, and affecting things, they can affect a lot. So, like, the first thing that came to my mind was ghosts. Like, what are ghosts? Um, Obviously, in a biblical point of view, dead dead humans don't linger on the earth. We see their, their spirit will go, or their soul and their spirit will go somewhere, once they're dead. Um, you know, the, those that are saved by the blood of Christ go into heaven. Those that are not go into hell. And can there, are there spirits wandering or stuck somewhere? Um, no, I mean, the Bible makes it pretty clear that there's a destination for one of the two. But the Bible also makes it clear that there are spirits of fallen angels that are that have some kind of activity on the earth in Jesus's time they knew what ghosts were they knew what like spirits were like oh no there's a ghost because when Jesus was out in on the sea of Galilee in middle of a storm uh, his disciples saw him It's like oh my goodness that's a ghost that's so weird but it was actually Jesus walking out there and they're like oh Jesus what are you doing um and so the the ghosts and i find i find this thought interesting because they know what ghosts are in the in the past you saw what you saw the spirits you know the rephaim the the spirits of the the fallen if you will <clears throat> angels and they possessed people when jesus was on the earth they they could influence behavior and they could appear and the bible the Bible always comes up with this interesting phrase called familiar spirits. And the Bible warns against like uh, wizards and magicians and necromancers and diviners and witches. And it's like, okay, the Bible warns against these things. Like, so some, some camps of Christians will say that stuff's not real. But when you look at what the Bible warns against and even things that you see in the old Testament, like it's, seems very real and even if you go to extra biblical reference, references like the book of Enoch you, or uh maybe at Jasher you see that the 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 fallen angels teach man how to do some of this stuff like divining and and wizardry and stuff uh, one of the probably the most iconic story in the bible is when Samuel goes to the witch of endor to talk to the dead spirit of Samuel, like, hey, I need to talk to Samuel. Uh, uh, I I just got names mixed up. Um, the uh, I forgot who it was that went to the Witch of Endor, but he's he wanted to call up the spirit of Samuel. Like, I need, I think maybe it was Saul, uh, but don't quote me on that. But it's like I need to talk to Samuel, and the Witch of Endor is like, okay, like she's a she's known as a as a diviner of the familiar spirits. So these spirits that she divines are familiar, like they're recognizable somehow, or they know know them somehow. So when she does her work, somehow, for some reason, she shrieks when she sees the person that she called up. Like, whoa, that's not who I was expecting. She cries out, the Bible says. Who was it? It was actually Samuel. He's like, "Why in the world are you bothering me? Like, w- like, what is this so important that you have to do? That you have to call me up?" And uh, I don't even remember what the story was, but it, it always struck me that that the the Witch of Endor, as they're called, as she's called, um, cried out like in fear when she saw someone that she wasn't expecting. So maybe she usually works with some of, like, one of the Rephaim or one of the familiar spirits that she does work with. And instead, God allowed this the spirit or the soul of Samuel to come up for a second. It's like, okay, uh, that's, that's different, she thinks. Um, and you see a lot of other things like bones coming to life um, and... Really weird stuff in the Old Testament. Um, But. A lot of times you'll see. Interesting stories these days. About some like paranormal ghost activity or something. I've heard a lot of interesting accounts from. um, From preachers like especially in Haiti. For some reason there's like a lot of quote unquote. Demonic demonic activity there. Um, People like some like people will come around to these uh preachers or whatnot, maybe like they're street preaching or something and they have a speaker and microphone and for some reason whenever these people come around, maybe they're like uh into the 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 religion there. Uh, maybe they do kind of some kind of witchcraft or something, whatever you want to call it. And but for some reason it always messes up their audio. Maybe there's a technological reason for that. Um, but I've also heard a lot of interesting, I'm not going to really bring it up on the air, but interesting stories from, uh, some of my good friends that they've had experiences with some of these people, um, especially with like divining and, and, uh, like witchcraft that they were almost trapped in these cults sometimes, you know, like the basement cults. Um, and, uh, you know, weird stuff like sacrificing babies and stuff. Um, some of those weird weird uh, out there cults. <laughs> um, and there's just a lot of a lot of interesting stories out there. Um, and you know, if you in from a biblical point of view, if you invite this activity into your life, it'll it'll probably manifest itself somehow. And it's not just in like some esoteric kind of way, like oh, it's going to mess up your 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 life, and you're not going to be happy or something. Like it, it could be a very real way, but the reason we don't see you know demonic possession like we did like we did in Jesus' time, especially when he was on the earth, or even with like the apostles' ministry on the earth. Um, is because Satan know now knows that okay we're not dealing with the earthly kingdom to come right now we're dealing with these this uh, this body of Christ that is gonna take over the heavenly realm especially from the fallen angels because there's a war in heaven in the heavenlies there always has been there probably still is right now um, so. There still can be activity, but I don't think there's much emphasis in, like, Satan's armies, if you will, um, for those, for that activity. Um, so, that's all I'm going to say on ghosts. Um, and, you know, psychic abilities and whatnot, too. There's always a, there's always a, a thought of psychic abilities as well with, like, oh, that's impossible. Like, you can never do that. And But, I mean, if you if you look at these old testament abilities that some people had that worked through like some kind of craft of some sort that maybe the fallen angels taught men who knows like it could be possible i'm not going to i'm not going to say no because we don't see it these days or maybe there are a lot of fakers out there I mean, I could say that too about spiritual healing in churches. Um, I could, I could say, I could say a lot about that and the some of the scams they are too. So, good or bad, you know, miracles or, or, or uh, abilities. I mean, maybe there are, maybe they're not. But Paul says in his epistles that these spiritual gifts would cease at some point. And we see that throughout his ministry that where he stopped speaking in tongues and stopped um, performing miracles. And he talks about that, which was perfect has come, which is like, uh, he said the, the, these gifts and miracles will stop when that, which is perfect will come. And a lot of, a lot of us speculate that it's the Bible being completed, the scripture being completed. Um, So that's, ghosts for you i also have some weird stuff on aliens but i wanted to break real quick just to see if you had any questions or wanted to follow up on anything that i said um yeah there was the, the story you related in from the bible of
0: samuel appearing to the the diviner and how they were surprised at that um and so i'm guessing that the the spirits of the dead are Reported to actually be these fallen angel spirits yeah like yeah. masquerading basically as yeah. the dead okay yep um yep. and, and there's another...
1: what satan likes to do he's called the deceiver he likes to deceive people and make them turn away from truth and try to misguide them in subtle ways too sometimes they're not so subtle sometimes they're subtle so um Seeing that the spirits of the dead um would actually be the spirits of the fallen pretending to be the dead um, it's a possibility i mean there's uh it doesn't i don't think it specifically says that, but when you look at like jesus's ministry, that's all you see is a legion of of fallen angels, you don't see other. Types of spirits uh, possessing people. It's always a. It's always a devil. It's always a demon, like a fallen angel. So, and, and I mean, there's still angels. They're called devil and his angels. Um, so, I they're not like dark, sinister, creepy monsters. They're just angels, and we'll talk about that next week or next episode of what angels are. Um, yeah, and I'll. And, uh, well, did you have anything else on that?
0: Um, I was going to ask about, so you said like demonic possessions and stuff stopped. So, So, so what's your thought on like people who claim that there's demonic possessions
1: today? Well, um. I don't necessarily think they stopped but I think there's been a large emphasis away from demonic possession I think it's still possible um, because the spirit of man uh, can be influenced by a spirit because we see in believers that we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit as well it's not just in us but we can be filled with the spirit and not with the spirit and I think that's the same thing with other spirits as well Um, maybe there are maybe those that claim they're possessed are possessed or you know claim that there is a possession sometimes maybe it's just someone's hope wishful thinking or unwishful thinking Um, and you know maybe it's psychologically an issue with them and maybe those maybe that psychological issue is a devil like possibly i mean you hear some weird stories these days about that stuff too um, but now I mean that's a good question yeah, that's definitely a good question So aliens yeah aliens <laughs> okay um, so I know most everyone like the the uh, the history channel will go to Ezekiel 1 Ezekiel's vision. Like this alien, this UFO vision, um, and Isaiah, I think, has some uh, interesting visions too. But Ezekiel is like the pinnacle of UFOs in the book, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not gonna read the whole passage or anything. But basically, he, Ezekiel, is at this river. I think it was the river of Chibar or Chabar, uh, and he sees this weird thing happen. And there are these, he sees these four cherubim, which is a class of angel, a, a but kind of like a different species of angel. Um, he sees these cherubim and he sees these wheels and he sees a firmament and a throne and a rainbow and the glory of of uh, well, a, a man that shone like the glory of the Lord. Um And it's like, whoa, what in the world is that? And people will say, it was a UFO, it was alien craft. And I'm not going to say no to that because if you're talking technicalities, it is a craft from not from this world. So it is an (laughs) alien craft. Um, The the weird thing is, I think this trips up a lot of people though. Um, We see four cherubim and really the setup is these four cherubim with this wheel within a wheel. And there's like this... He calls it this firmament that's colored like the terrible crystal. Um, and above it, you see a throne on top. So it's almost like a like a plane of crystal or glass with these cherubim, these four cherubim that kind of corner it and these wheels that are turning within themselves. Um, and I mean, really, some people think this is a vision of God's throne. Some people say this is God's throne moving around. And I'm more in that camp of God's throne moving around. But when you look at God's throne, God's throne is in the heaven, is in the third heaven, like the highest heaven. And it's, the, the highest heaven is separated by this, this sea of glass, this, this, this body of water called the deep. And the top of the, the Revelation says the top of the deep is frozen like glass, and you see sea of glass, frozen glass. You see uh, even in the city of New Jerusalem, you see transparent gold streets. Um, so it's always crystalline and glass. You know the 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 walls of the city of J- the New Jerusalem are like jasper. Um, it's basically like this huge futuristic crystalline building, um, and it's layered on different gem different type of gemstone um so this terrible crystal that we're talking about very well could be part of this deep or the sea of glass that you see in multiple books like revelation and you see a throne on top of it god god has a throne and the interesting thing is you see a rainbow around it and you do see a rainbow of emerald in the book of revelation uh, around God's throne. So it all matches up with God's throne. The, the thing that the weird thing is like the wheels and everyone gets tripped up that this isn't, this is an angel. It never says that this wheel is an angel. It says it has eyes around it. Are those symbolic eyes decorative eyes to symbolize God's omniscience i don't know maybe they're cameras like some kind of weird angelic eye seeing camera thing or maybe they're just decorations i mean god likes to decorate if you look at the uh if you look at the the temple uh the jewish temple in the bible it's very decorative um and he likes to inlay things with gold which is there's some weird theories on that too but uh, <laughs> um But you see this almost craft and it moves and the cherubim that stand there on each corner move with the wheel and this throne. And it's almost like a portable throne, kind of like the the Ark of the Covenant. That was a portable throne basically because the glory of God would sit on the Ark of the Covenant within the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and within the temple. Um, he would literally like god himself would dwell in his and his glory would dwell there and you couldn't go in there except for one time a year the the high priest will offer sacrifice in there and if he uh if he didn't do everything right and cleanse himself he would die in there and they would have to pull him out with a rope so uh and you know the glory of the glory of god like no man can see it and live or and and that's really the face of god but Um, And then in this account as well, you see the glory of the Lord. There's a man shining with the glory of the Lord. Obviously, that would be like God sitting on that throne. Um, So that's like the one thing I always think about aliens with the Bible. Um, Just as kind of an introductory alien thing. Um, So
0: this is almost a diametrically opposed idea of ancient aliens where modern day people retroactively ascribe mythological occurrences with technologically advanced civilization aliens, you know, with ion, you know, cold fusion, engines and time travel
1: and whatnot maybe or just it it, maybe these things are powered literally off of the glory of god because the glory of god is bright and it is energy of some sort so i mean that's my biblical view is that these legends of old and alien thoughts are all angelic activity that actually happened um so
0: yeah like cold fusion instead maybe. of saying yeah. <laughs> instead of saying all of oh, these these ancient you know angelic
1: things are aliens it's actually aliens are what we think of aliens are angelic actors. yeah it's reversed it is reversed and yeah. when you look in the bible angels can travel from earth and you you usually see them traveling um we see chariots we see horses we see ladders we see windows and and food in heaven so it's very real place um when you look at where these people are, um, God created, in Ephesians, God it says God created all things. The principalities, powers, dominions, mites. These are like seats of authority, not only on the earth, because obviously we see places of authority on the earth, but we see them in heavenly places, in the heaven, and we see them also in the universe, outer space, Um, these, this angelic realm doesn't just go in heaven and then travel back and forth. It's all over the place. Um, and there's some really weird, interesting things, um, with angelic order of government basically. Um, but the, the principalities and powers, those, those are angelic ranks, if you will, like with of authority and seats and thrones and whatnot. Um, The fallen ones, especially the fallen ones, they're in the second heaven. They're in the universe, the expanse of space. They're there. That's their main dominion. And they also have relationship with the third or with the, um, the earth, the earth realm too, because those are two realms that God talks about often and like maybe there are angels that are traveling around in strange crafts maybe they're just flying by themselves but they don't have wings that's a misconception angels don't have wings cherubim and seraphim do but not angels um and you see maybe they're flying around maybe we can catch glimpses of them for some reason at some point um and the I mean, really, like you have to change your paradigm when you look at it like this, because some people are like aliens from distant planets, from different, from distant realms. Yes, there are creatures in distant planets, in distant realms, out in the universe, in outer space, but they're part of the angelic realm, the angelic dimension, and they're that's. I mean, the body of Christ's purpose is to subdue all things in the heavenly places and. At the end of all, at the end of time, when the the when the devil and his angels fall down to the earth, and they're like they're basically trapped on the earth, that's when the body of Christ will take over those heavenly seats and those thrones and dominions and uh, principalities and everything. So, and there are some weird theories about the Antichrist because you always hear about the Antichrist Revelation, you know left behind kind of stuff and uh there's this one interesting theory that gives even more credence to this alien theory is and and that's the antichrist will reveal himself as a as a visitor from the from outer space and people are like aliens no way and they he might offer a way of not salvation but like a way of bettering yourselves and I mean we can, revelation we can talk years about but um they they think that maybe the antichrist is revealing himself that way and maybe even truthfully hey we're from outer space we're like I'm not going to say that we were cast out by god onto the earth but hey we're here now um and uh I mean some, some
0: alien invasion
1: Yeah, an alien invasion basically yep And, I mean, you see some weird stuff with, like, statues that come to life. Some people think they're robots that serve the Antichrist. um, And giants will come back again because, you know, the angels have nowhere else to go. The fallen angels don't have nowhere else to go. So what's going to happen? Whoops, more giants. So Uh, Gort from (laughs) Day the Earth Stood Still. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But and some people think that that Satan's trying to influence and and uh get us used to that idea with like so much sci-fi and really when you look at other denominations when you look at movies when you look at anything that man can think up of it's going to happen one way or another not maybe not in this time frame but maybe in another dispensation or age on the earth um I mean there's a there's a war in heaven now there will be a war in heaven in the ages to come and I mean that's a war in the stars that's Star Wars uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I mean you see it you see it uh, people think that we' our minds are trying to get used to this idea and you know you see the the, the Pentagon releasing information on UFOs that they have no idea what they are and uh all this weird stuff and who knows I don't know I don't I'm not 100% bought on this idea of the alien antichrist but people will people might see it as ooh creatures from outer space and that's really what they are like there's they they are thinking of that correct probably just not the right perspective <laughs> hmm so Interesting. Yeah, it's really weird stuff. And it can so, get weirder if we keep talking. <laughs> so
0: the Antichrist will be an alien, not Obama. <laughs> yeah, no. No.
1: <laughs> no I mean Sorry, the Antichrist comes it. from a specific place and the Antichrist is also the man of or the son of perdition. Which who is called that in earlier in the Bible? That's Judas Iscariot. And what was he? He was possessed by a devil basically like he was a devil like almost Mm. literally he was a devil so like interesting
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah the the, oh man we could talk hours and days about this stuff (laughs) um but we'll talk more about angels and the angelic realm specifically next time but like with aliens you're exactly right like it's kind of it's kind of reversed like outer space creatures like instead of seeing the Bible accounts as, oh those are aliens, well yeah they are from the angelic realm it's reversed, it's a reversed psychology if you will (laughs) so that's all I have to say about that I think I'm going to cut myself off here (laughs) so from a buddhist
0: standpoint it's probably not as exciting um or fantastical <laughs> or out of this world so to speak right <laughs> um, And i'm gonna t- i'm gonna touch on aliens first because it's probably the least exciting um <clears throat> and buddhism has a reputation that that really like accepts like modern findings of science um there's really no quarrel with much of what modern scientists come out with um and in fact the Dalai Lama has said before that you know if if science proves something wrong about Buddhism Buddhism should adopt that approach hmm. and i honestly think that's pretty sound and fitting uh, from a Buddhist standpoint, because Buddhism's not out there like creating or like adhering to a a worldview, uh, so to speak. Um, I mean, we have ideas that play into the practice, but you know, Buddhism's reputation is one of being very pragmatic, uh, and there's no frills or unnecessary um kind of sidetracking i guess um so when it comes to aliens you know i i think modern kind of secular approaches there's so so many stars out there the universe is huge it's mathematically impossible that there's not some kind of life out there And Buddhism would say, "Duh." Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, Buddhism time and time again talks about like a countless number of sentient beings uh, spanning several different realms, and um, so it just makes sense that there's aliens. Um, Whether or not aliens come visit us uh, in,
1: you know, silver spacecraft. Who knows Uh, (laughs) Because when you look at the mathematical Science behind that It's very very hard Unless you have like a Stargate Or a wormhole or something
0: Yeah I mean there's the Fermi paradox um, And There's all these Different theories Um, Some of them are pretty Chilling like You know like advanced Civilizations are ignoring us um, because we're so primitive and violent or um, they've like, they pretty much blocked us um, <laughs> and, and maybe they're just sneaking around sinisterly abducting us, you know maybe they you know there's all these theories. They're, they're really fun. Like I just watched a documentary about the Travis Walton abduction case, one of the most famous abduction
1: cases of all time. Hmm. It's
0: fun stuff. It's fun stuff to hear about. And I think about but,
1: abductions, but I'll I'll rest <laughs> my case for now.
0: <laughs> but, you know, from a Buddhist standpoint, like, okay, if that's happening, that's happening. It's not gonna change anything about, you know, striving to end suffering. <laughs> <laughs> like it could be happening, it could be. Who knows? Um, so there's there's that, you know. Aliens aliens are real you know somewhere uh, <laughs> i want to believe i want yeah you know it's like it's not even a matter of
1: wanting to believe it's just like it's like okay so what
0: yeah i mean and it all it kind of for me goes back to the wilderness of views this is such a, a an idea in buddhism that i really appreciate uh, that's not not clinging to world views philosophical views existential views you know like the the sutta that this idea really touches on you know talks about is is the world infinite is it finite and was i this in the past life will i be this in the future life like it doesn't help clinging to any of these ideas um but which brings me to ghosts um and i read this book about ghosts and buddhism and the the author the author opens the book saying that you know buddhism has this reputation and of being very kind of rational, very pragmatic you know not playing games and ghosts are an embarrassment <laughs> to buddhism <laughs> Wow, (laughs) Um, but he he he's actually kind of, you know, defends the idea of ghosts from a Buddhist standpoint, and I thought I thought I really appreciated his stance and his uh, reasoning, and and I'll touch on that while I talk about ghosts. But Buddhism has a rich tradition and rich history of ghosts, and this probably came out of the society that Buddhism came out of, which was a a Vedic culture, there was a lot going on spiritually in the Vedic culture. Um, And this is where a lot of the cosmological ideas of different realms comes into Buddhism too, Hmm. which is not to say that it's not true or not false because in the end, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't hold as much weight within Buddhism, as you might initially think. Um, But ghosts in Buddhism, it's a a real topic. Uh, And in Buddhism, you primarily find them uh, being referred to as hungry ghosts, or the Pali word is peta, or Sanskrit is preta. And so these, these hungry ghosts, peta, actually means the departed. So it usually refers to you know, Those who have died And have been reborn into a hungry ghost realm Because the hungry ghost realm is one of The, the six realms of existence So there's this ghost realm um, just, just kind of in the, in the ranks of, of how bad it is It's just above the hell realm <laughs> um, So, so what, what are these hungry ghosts about? Um, and so in the cycle of existence of samsara you're going to be born into one of these six realms one of which is the ghost realm and we call them hungry ghosts because traditionally they are seen as these spirits who have an insatiable appetite, they cannot satisfy their hunger, their thirst they're starving all the time and the the images portraying the hungry ghosts are so interesting and visceral. They're usually described as having really huge, bloated stomachs. Sometimes, sometimes the texts say that their stomachs are the size of mountains or continents. Even they're huge. These huge, bloated stomachs, and they have a, a neck as thin as a, as thin as a needle, and a mouth as small as a needle's eye and they are starving they are constantly just looking for something to satiate that appetite and being these hungry ghosts stuck in this realm they only find disgusting vile substance usually blood rivers of blood and pus and excrement and urine they this is all they can find and so this is pretty,
1: pretty weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but, and this is this might be a very Western modern Buddhist thing to say, but like, how real is it? And does it even matter? Um, maybe it's all symbolic. Maybe, um, and in fact the book that i was reading about hungry ghosts talk about how the the image that they're portrayed actually mirrors like real life like people who are starving or in famine who are malnourished they their stomachs bloat from like liquid retention and you know they their their skin becomes gaunt and they look like a, a, a suffering creature um and so they think maybe these images, these descriptions of hungry ghosts actually come from actual uh, observations of real life. Like someone who's actually insatiably hungry. Um, And I actually have an image to share. I'm wondering uh, if there were any artist depictions. Yeah, so there's a lot of classical images um, of Hungry Ghosts. And I chose an, a, a contemporary uh, piece of art from 2015. Um, a, a digital illustration by Matthew Meyer called Hungry Ghosts, appropriately. And so you see bloated stomachs, thin necks. They're feasting upon excrement. Um, they're just miserable creatures. Um and a lot of times, um, no. So it's it's very interesting to look at Buddhist texts, especially the Pali Canon, and what they might have to say about hungry ghosts. And it turns out hungry ghosts have their own book within the Pali Canon. Um, oh, it's wow. called Vatu. The story of hungry ghosts and at the bottom the bottom it even says a collection of ghost stories so there's a whole book (laughs) of ghost stories in Buddhism gather around the campfire yeah and when you start looking when you start reading these you begin to realize the, the existence of ghosts isn't really the important part of these stories and I think when you read it, you, you begin to realize that maybe it's more, it's more parable than recounting history. You know, um, each, each story in the book of the hungry ghosts usually touch on one particular hungry ghost, how they ended up in that situation. And usually there's kind of a moralistic warning at the end, like, like maybe don't do that. Um and in the book that I read of the Hungry Ghost, it was it's actually a translation of a Sanskrit text on Hungry Ghosts. Um so the petavatu is a poly text and the I can't remember what text the the Hungry Ghost book that I read uh translated, but it was it was from Sanskrit and there's a lot of A lot of similarities between that one and the Pali one in which it's the Buddha or one of his disciples uh, either encountering or hearing about this hungry ghost and usually telling the story of how they ended up there sometimes it goes back several lifetimes on one of the stories uh, involved one of the disciples' mothers and how in previous life she did this and was this and ended up in the hungry ghost realm. And so there's a lot of interaction with hungry ghosts and humans. You know, it's the, the spirits of the dead are around, are constantly around us, you know. Um, and uh, one very extreme example in the Sanskrit book was a, a ghost... Um, who, so I'll, I'll read the little, the little, uh, summary that I wrote. So it talks about the, uh, the Buddha's disciple Mogalana Maha Moggallana. He sees a hungry ghost who looks like a burnt out tree stump, naked and totally covered with hair with a mouth, like the eye of a needle and stomach like a mountain. She was ablaze a light and a flame with a single fiery mass a perpetual cremation tormented by thirst she was racked with sensations that were searing piercing distressing agonizing acute and she was crying out in pain she was she was foul smelling really foul smelling she looked like excrement and she was feeding on feces and even those only she procured with difficulty she runs around suffering piles of excrement everywhere, wailing, I drink and eat only excrement. And so this very, very vivid, visceral, just like disgusting kind of image. And in the story, Mahamogalana asks the Buddha, why, like, how did she end up in this state? And you begin to see why it's like, okay, there's There's a a moral parable going on here, Um, and the Buddha tells of this girl in the past life whose father was a merchant, and monastics were on their alms round, so monastics don't own anything except for a robe and a bowl, and every morning they go around through the village with their bowl outstretched in their hands, and the villagers will... We'll give them food. We'll put food in their alms bowls, and that's all they will. That's all they have to eat is what the villagers, out of generosity, give to them. And it's a way of the monastics and the lay people to kind of figuratively and literally feed off each other. Um, so the monks are sustained by the lay people. The lay people, in return, um, not only get teachings from monks but also um in 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 the buddhist idea of of kama or karma they they attain positive merit for being generous to the monastics um and so these these monks are on alms around and this merchant tells his daughter hey go get go get food for the monks you know we got to get them the the best we have and she she a spark of miserliness arose in her. This jealous guarding of your possessions. You know, think of like Scrooge, you know, Mm. just. And she thought, if we give these guys food, they're just going to come back tomorrow for more. How dare they, you know? So she filled the bowl with excrement. Of course. And covered it up with a little bit of food to hide it. And the the monks knew, and they're like, oh, that's a pity. Um, we know exactly what's going to happen with for, to her. Um, and because of that, she was reborn in the hungry ghost realm, feeding off of excrement, you know? Um, getting a
1: taste of her own medicine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there are several stories like this. Like in the Peta Vatu, there, there is a very similar story where um they don't actually play out the act it it doesn't say that they actually delivered a bowl of of feces but um but wishing that oh they i wish they just ate you know feces those 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 uh you know those selfish monks asking for food all the time, and this actually kind of pinpoints this. This moralistic idea um, that is miserliness. Um, the poly word is macharia, and it's a close-fisted, you know, miserliness where where you're not just oh no, they're not going to take this, but paradoxically, you see the others as being exactly what you're doing though like oh they're just gonna want want my food like i need to protect it from them but what you're doing is exactly what you think they're doing and so there's this like kind of paradoxical almost hypocrisy going on in your head Hmm. um which in general the the realm of the hungry ghosts is kind of based around this macharia this miserliness and because of it you suffered you suffered this hunger this insatiable hunger Hmm. Um, and and so from my understanding of this it's it's kind of touching on you know how not to be (laughs) like there's a very you know Moral of the story, kind
1: of. Um, So, with all this being, like, parabolic, if that's the right word, um, parably, um, like, are there natural explanations for these claims of ghosts or spirits or, like, devil possessions or whatever... Like, are there, is there a Buddhist point of view on that? Or is it more of, like, uh, the alien thing? Like, okay, so
0: what? I mean, that's, I mean, that's a really, you know... It's a really important question. I, as far as, like, you know, demon possessions, it's interesting because you don't get a whole lot of that within, like... Buddhist culture, maybe you do, maybe in some cultures there are these, you know, demon possessions happening, but at least in the Western Buddhist culture, you don't get that as much, Um, so that's not really, that's a non-issue, I would say, but, you know, ghosts, like, you know, traditional Buddhist texts talk about a ghost realm, just as it talks about an animal realm, a human realm. Hell realm, heaven realm. And really, like, there could be. Who knows? Okay. Okay. And it doesn't really affect the the Buddhist practice because it, it's all it all kind of ties back to the idea of Kama, the you know, cause and effect. What you do now has consequences in the next in the next moment, maybe immediately, but also maybe very far away, maybe even the next life, Mm. uh, and so maybe some Buddhists take a hard stance, say, no, this is, it's metaphorical. It's a state of mind. Maybe it is. I mean, we, our perception, our state of mind kind of, uh, kind of will shape how we view the world. Um, I mean, the f- first verse of the Dhammapada says that all experience is created by mind, uh, led by mind, influenced the, by the mind. Um and not saying that the world around us is is purely mind-made, but how we experience
1: the world is highly influenced by our mind. Yeah, your perception is your reality. Yeah. I think doc, i think i heard dr phil say that once <laughs> <laughs> um and and it's
0: interesting that you bring this up because uh there's a quote in the book um about exactly about this topic and it's from Rupert geffen who says cosmology is a reflection of psychology and vice versa and mm. so in this approach Yes, the ghost realm is real in a way. Uh when one you know, when one perpetuates this macharia, this miserliness, um one could say that they at least maybe temporarily visited the hungry ghost realm. When you when you cultivate this miserliness to the point of it's a habit it's a almost like a, a, a baseline state of existence who's to say that's not the hungry ghost realm really How like if that is your itself. if yeah if that's your experience of life like if you const if you're in a constant state of of always looking at what other people have and this jealousy this 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 ownership this selfishness arises like how is that any different than what these hungry ghosts are purported to experience
1: that uh, that's i that's an interesting perspective and i almost kind of want to save that to go into further into like the angelic realm kind of discussion even though we've been on it for a while now but like I almost kind of want to save delving into that for a part two if you will if we want to do that um because i mean there's so much we can say about our even reality itself um man i mean i i will say like we see
0: we see examples of what's i mean even like it it even applies to the different realms of existence hell realm which is based in you know in anger and but like especially this macharia like i remember seeing an article like in around my city there's a group that uh that their their model is that they they meet and have a picnic with friends you know a lot of homemade meals hot soups they gather around with a bunch of friends it's a, just a great awesome gathering of friends most of which happen to be people who are homeless um so a lot of people you know go out and meet these people who are homeless and become friends with them and you know hey come out hang with hang out with us eat some food hmm. this macharia arises when the FDA comes and bleaches all the food because you can't do that. Hmm. And there's there's a bureaucratic kind of dimension of that. Like, oh, you know, there's laws against, you know, feeding the homeless, which in my opinion is absolutely just wildly crazy. <laughs> but like, where's that, where's the the desire to fulfill that law coming from that people actually go bleach food that friends are sharing, you know, like, Oh, some of them happen to be homeless. Okay. Hmm. But that's beside the point. (laughs) Um, And so I think most people would like look at that, especially from a Buddhist point of view and say, that's like, that's an actualization of this (laughs) Hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because like in the stories and from that kind of, uh, that's, that example that I give you, the hungry ghosts almost always act from, from being convinced that they themselves are preventing hungry ghost behavior. Hmm. Um, so, oh, you know, homeless people mooching off of free food. Like this has to stop. Um, just like the stories in, in the Petavatu. Oh, these these monastics who have taken pe- taken a vow of poverty, like are begging for food, how despicable. They we're not gonna give them food. Like it's exactly the same thing. Hmm. Um and and the reason why this is actually even present in the Buddhist texts is because there's a way to combat Macharya. There's a there's a, it's not just a, a story with a moral. There's an actual method. There's an actual something to do about that. And that's to cultivate the opposite. You could even say to cultivate amacharya, non-macharya, which mm. is generosity, charity, giving. Um, and that is skillful and will help... Lead you away from suffering. <laughs> hmm. Especially from a monastic community point of view. Um, right. Which is very prevalent in Theravada. But, wow. um, yeah. Man. So, ghosts, ghosts, it's a thing in Buddhism, but it's not as sleek and cool and mysterious and scary as modern you know ghost stories
1: now that is a twist
0: (laughs) (laughs) man that that's and we will touch more on on these kind of concepts in in our angelic episode yes yeah
1: i'm i'm i was definitely i'm definitely expecting that definitely expecting that because i I can see where you're going with it and uh i do kind of i do want to go deeper into that uh into that um, way of looking at it and that perspective, um, and very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. We will continue this discussion on kind of a part two thing going on, but um, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to go to an angelological. Uh, kind of study or perspective on the next episode the angelic realm the spiritual realm what is it where is it and how is it Uh, yeah and that's going to be
0: really interesting to approach from a buddhist standpoint (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it's going to be vastly
1: different (laughs) oh definitely i i can definitely see that but Wow. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. It's, it's weirder than from your, your, your perspective than I thought it would be. Um, (laughs) you're like, Oh, it's going to be, it's not going to be much. It's going to be boring. And then you end up reading a whole book about it and it's weird. Uh, Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I went in thinking
0: like, wow, it's just going to be a topic to gloss over. (laughs) And then I remembered, wait, there's an, a whole book in the polycanon about ghosts. <laughs> there you
1: go. Exactly. Well, um everyone tell us what you think. <laughs> uh tell us how weirded out you were because Do you believe in ghosts and aliens and do you I didn't even
0: touch on supernatural powers, but <laughs> I, I will, will um, we in s- the next we episode can, yeah we
1: can still do that next episode definitely i there are some things that you reminded me of i'm like oh yeah <laughs> it will
0: that topic will be relevant
1: oh awesome okay well guys tell us what you think baptist at gmail.com L- give us a comment or dm on whatever platform you're finding us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok reddit wow that's i i couldn't have done that <laughs> um and uh yeah leave us reviews likes shares whatever um i do have some good questions from a listener for the next episode um it's uh, it uh, so far it seems like our number one listener they really like to get involved so we're gonna see what the uh this next one is and it was like I never even thought of that before like why didn't I like why have I never even thought of this question so we'll touch on that next time um, thank you for listening yeah thank you for listening um, and thank you for the conversation and comments that you it's more directed towards me um, I see them in person quite often so <laughs> um, <laughs> they they love the show they're, they're binging it and I'm like how in the world can you binge this but wow.
0: Once we get like if ever we get to the point of having like merch, like you deserve something.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um so get on the bandwagon now guys because you can probably get free stuff from us later on. <laughs> uh we do like to hear from you guys, but uh yeah, that's been the paranormal and supernatural on the Baptist
0: and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian and, and we will fail s- to tempt that being spooky
1: yeah the dimming lights always kind of spooky <laughs> the dying flashlight <laughs> but um I think with that we will call it we'll call it a night thank you guys for listening good night